0: Welcome to this episode of Danzan Origin Stories, where we ask members of our Danzan community to share about how they got started in the arts, their origin story. I'm your host, Hilary Kaplowitz, sensei of Pacific Jujitsu Kai and a professor of Danzan Ru Jujitsu with the American Judo and Jujitsu Federation. joined by Professor Don Cross of the American Judo and Jiu Jitsu Federation and Sensei of Jiu Jitsu Do Martial Arts Center in Eugene, Oregon. Welcome.
1: Hello, Hillary. I'm delighted to do this with you.
0: Terrific. I am too. I'm going to jump into the first question. So how long have you been training in Donzanru Jiu Jitsu?
1: 63 years.
0: Wow. That's, a, that's a, an impressive uh, long time. Um, let's go back to your first day. Can you tell us about your first day in Don Rue? Like how old you were, where it was, and who was the sensei?
1: I was uh, living in uh, Oakland, California, where I was born. And uh, it was 1957, and I was nine and a half years old. And uh, one of my little friends down the street, uh, said, I'm going to a commando day. Would you like to come? And I said, oh, sure. So his mother took us down to Law's American Judo and Jiu-Jitsu School in downtown Oakland. And I met Professor Ray Law and his wife Marie Law. And they had put together uh, what they called the commando day. And uh, I did not participate. I was just uh, invited to, to, wa- to watch. There must have been well over a hundred uh, children in the class at that time. And I went into the dojo and uh, this was a converted gro- grocery store with very high ceilings. And uh, I was uh, blown away by the circus like uh, environment. Uh, It was a, to me at that age, it was a huge mat. I'd never seen a a mat like that. It was a gray colored mat. And uh, uh, there was uh, boards on the wall um, for all of the different courses in Japanese. Um, There was a cargo net that was hanging from the ceiling Um, which uh, kids would climb. There was a rope that they could climb all the way to the ceiling and a pole and swinging rings hanging from the ceiling, punching bags. Uh, I was in seventh heaven. I I immediately fell in love with it. And then Professor Law came out in his uh, black belt with the red, red tabs on it. He was so impressive when he went up to the front of the dojo to the showman and rang a little ship's bell once. Very relatively quickly, all of these hundred kids or so were quiet and all lined up getting ready to open the class. And uh, what a class it was uh, to see commando day. Uh, He had uh, many assistants, a lot of teenage kids that were colored belts uh, that were assisting him, and some adults um, and some black belts were there, all helping him run this this very interesting program. Um, he split the group up into small groups being led by one of these uh, assistant instructors. There must have been maybe four or five or six people in each each group and uh, uh, he would ring a bell and then the activity would begun Uh, each uh, instructor was given an assignment to cover some aspect of the junior course that professor law had created and uh, then when we were maybe five minutes into that he would ring his bell and everybody would go to to the next station uh, whatever that was and uh, uh, it was great fun Uh, at at one point uh, there was some noisemakers that would sound like machine guns and everybody had to hit the floor that kind of thing so he made it very exciting there was a Mm -hmm. uh, a a portable uh, tunnel that he put on a side mat that kids would crawl through from beginning to end. And during this air raid that he called it, the advanced people would be banging on top of this, this tunnel. It was, <laughs> made everybody laugh and scream and it was quite exciting. That was my, that was my wow. first day at Professor Law's dojo in Oakland.
0: <laughs> wow. what, a, what a great first day. And uh, you really painted a picture, I've heard stories but I really feel like I was there uh, as you just were describing it. You know, my next question is what made you want to start in martial arts? And I guess, I mean, you, you know, that is a, that's a great reason, but was there anything particular about martial arts in particular that made you want to start? Did you know before you went to that day what it was? Can you tell us a little bit about like what kind of drove you to do it?
1: You know, it was just, it was just the charisma of Professor Law and, and Marie, his, his wife, that drew me to it, uh, just the friendliness of the people. I really didn't know much about martial arts at all in 1957. I mean, this was just 12 years after World War II and uh, Korean War. All I knew was about how to pay, play Army or, or uh, Navy, and uh, uh, I had heard something about. Um, jujitsu at some point but for the most part i I had no clue what it was about and uh it just uh it it, it attracted me so much that when i would my my uh, parents allowed me to do this um they when i first came back after Commando day uh, i told them how excited i was and and they said well uh we don't have any money for that how much is it gonna cost? And I said, it's $5 a month. Oh, it's way too much. Considering that you could buy a house for $25,000 mm-hmm. uh, at that time, now, $5 was a lot of money at that. And I said, oh, I promised to get some weeding exor- uh, income and I'll, I'll get a paper route or something to pay for it. They finally let me go into the class at that point. And boy, was I delighted. Oh,
0: that's, that's wonderful. It's kind of similar to, to how I started. I didn't know what it was, but once I was there, I knew yeah. that it was where I wanted to be. Um, how about, can you describe maybe one of your earliest memories of jiu training, where you were doing some of the danzan ru techniques as part of what you were doing at that dojo?
1: Well, Professor Law had a junior course. Uh, that included some jujitsu, jitsu uh, like a roll, a judo roll and backfall and how to get up to your feet jujitsu jitsu style. So there was a sprinkling of those kinds of techniques. But that 100 technique course was a lot of acrobatics and strengthening and stretching and coordination exercises more than anything else. Um, as far as martial arts are concerned, One of the things that was so much fun for me and was sort of like fighting was sumo. I'd never seen such a thing, but the kids really got excited about it. And I I thoroughly enjoyed doing sumo when I was a kid. And uh, there was uh, wrestling techniques that he taught us. Um, And I liked that very much. it probably was a year or so before I started really learning some of the boards. Uh, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but uh, then when I got a junior green belt, that's when I really began to dive into the jujitsu work at the age of about 12.
0: Well, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is what is your favorite list or technique to practice?
1: My favorite course is Goshen Jitsu. I love that course. Uh, when I first became a professor in 1992, uh, the professors all met at my dojo to review all of the courses. And one of them that we re- reviewed was the Goshen Jitsu course. I think at that time it might've been called Advanced Yuara or uh, Joku Yuara is, is another one we used for a while. And it was, uh, there was a lot, some redundancies in the course and uh, like techniques from other, other courses were in this, this composite course. So we began to manipulate the, the information somewhat and add and delete techniques until it began to be uh, a course that was uniquely our own. Um, I mean, the professor's uh, but based upon the Fujin Goshen Namaki course and uh, the Women's Self-Defense course and so forth, um, uh, I think uh, I, I advocated for a couple of techniques. Uh, Han Gyaku Ni was one that I really advocated for in that meeting, I remember. And then when it was added, I was really happy about that.
0: Mm.
1: So I would say that's maybe one of my favorites.
0: That's, that's great. It's one of my favorites to do with you as well. So um, let me let me ask you, what is what do you what do you find to be has been the most challenging thing about training?
1: Staying conscious of form and not taking any shortcuts
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not allowing my ego to get lost in in the technique. Uh, all of those things can lead to injury. Uh, in fact. Uh, I, When I got my black belt and then began my dojo a few years later, I was really ego-centered and self-centered. And I uh, did a, a shinin technique, Isami samitasuki nagi specifically, uh, incorrectly, not with good form. It's that I was quite egoed out about myself and thought I was invincible at the time and uh i i rounded my back and and i put the guy on my diagonally over my shoulders hip to shoulder and uh and i uh crushed the disc in my low back or or protruded it and i hit the ground and i couldn't move i was i was terrified that i had done some serious injury to myself in fact it took nearly two years to recover from that injury, primarily because uh, I was not conscious of the form that I needed to keep and, uh, and took a short, shortcut that, in the, in the final analysis, was a bad mistake. To recover from that uh, injury took two years. I was in constant pain. Um, and there was nothing that would relieve it. I did every kind of healing modality you can imagine, uh, chiropractic and orthobionomy and acupuncture and deep tissue massage and exercise programs and so forth. And uh, uh, eventually one morning I woke up and I was not in pain. And i it took me a moment to, to kind of take my breath and say, Something's different, and uh, it was a it was a cumulative effect of all of the healing arts that I did that finally brought me back. But uh, the challenge then was recovery, and having the doctors tell me that you'll never do jujitsu again. In fact, uh, that injury happened about, uh, uh, I think, 1970 three or so, I was still teaching and uh, continued to teach even, even being injured. But I began to uh, study my arts more diligently, trying to figure out how to do these without hurting myself and uh, how to do it more effortlessly. Mm. So it began to be a relentless search for doing the technique carefully and, and precisely so that uh, I wouldn't get hurt or my students would not get hurt. Um,
0: well thanks for, thanks for sharing that story with us and, and I'm glad that, I'm glad that you were able to recover. Um, let's, let's switch gears and um, I'd, I'd love you to tell us about the proudest moment in your Jiu- Jitsu career.
1: It was my first black belts. Uh, I promoted Ted Hima and Nancy Locke, a man and a woman, were my first black belts, and I had the big ritual. And we had food brought in and so forth. And uh, I was so proud of, of these two students that had stuck with me for so long. And uh, it was very exciting.
0: That's wonderful. I, I, I feel a lot of affinity towards, uh, towards those moments. And I, I, we do hear that, you know, I mean, you know some would think that, you know, receiving your black belt would be the proudest moment, but it, it more and more it's, you know, it's, it's being able to help somebody yeah. grow. So I really appreciate that. Um so after all these years of training what is it about jiu jitsu that keeps you interested
1: I would say that it's the relationships that I have developed with people for over the over 60 years and I still have some of my their my best friends on the planet and it's the work that I do with the board of professors and this magnificent group of human beings who I respect very much and I love them so much that 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 keeps me coming. And it's the inner work that we're doing that's so important. Coming from being a very egoed out individual and growing through that. and Now that I'm 73, I see how important it is to be kind to people and to be compassionate and loving to people and to let that be the prominent theme that guides my life and not my constant need to satisfy my own ego and self
0: so if you could go back in time and give yourself advice early in your jiu jitsu career what would you say to yourself
1: when i when i was a young black belt i used to be adamant and and quite attached to me being sure that all of my techniques were effective and that my students' techniques were combat ready but in fact that was really my my need my ego's need i see more than anything else i would say that the best advice i could give myself at the time would have been to be more concerned about mutual and welfare mutual welfare and benefit to of, of others rather than satisfying my own ego
0: this is my last question is is that is there anything else you want to share about your origin story or your experiences doing Donsan on jiu-jitsu
1: oh i had a wonderful experience uh, at a martial art uh, seminar in Folsom, california i had been uh, started a massage class at my dojo and one of the things i taught my students is how to do a duet massage where you two people are doing a massage on one person simultaneously and if you do it right it really feels like just one person one of my best Mm -hmm. students and i uh, agreed to do a duet massage at this uh, seminar and much to my surprise there was like oh, there must have been 60, 70 people who had all come to it. And they were all in there. I was just getting ready to set up the table. I had not picked somebody to massage. And in walks Professor Ogazaki's daughter, Emi Ogazaki, a good friend. And I said, Emi, would you like a massage? And she brightened up her, her beautiful smile and said, sure. And she began to take her gi top off came over and laid down face down. And we gave her one of the best massages that I'd ever given in my life. And in fact, I asked her afterwards, how was that? And she says, that was fabulous. It felt like just one person. (laughs) That was a good, good time. Nice. I have other stories if you'd like.
0: Please go right ahead. Well, I had
1: this one story about my preparation for Yodon. Uh, I had been training very hard for this exam and, uh, uh, I, I had just started a new job as an insurance adjuster and they had sent me back to Baltimore for two weeks of training. Well, when I got there, this was two weeks and it was two weeks before my exam, there was no one to work out with. And so I spent every Mm. evening in the hotel Mm. room for four or five hours, just, pantomiming my techniques going over all of my notes writing notes uh doing everything I could to really work out and uh, when I got off the the airplane from Baltimore and Sacramento I drove to Reading where my I, I found out that my examiners were going to be Professor Bud Estes Professor Lamar Fisher and Professor Ball and uh, mm-hmm. Ted Hema was my uki and uh it was one of the most challenging things I'd ever done, but I found out how important and how powerful pantomiming techniques can be.
0: Amazing what the mind can do. Yes. Any, uh, any other uh, last words for us about telling us about your origin story and, and how you became uh, who you are in the martial arts?
1: I remember about 1974 or so, Marie Law, Professor Law's wife uh, came after Professor had died. And uh, she came to my dojo at the Hiram Johnson Adult School where I had it for 10 years. And uh, I was so excited to have her there. Um, She was one of the most important people in my
0: life. Oh, that's great. I know that uh, you know we could go on and on, and uh, my hope is uh, to um, continue this uh, podcast with you know multiple sessions with with each of of all of you great senseis and professors. Um, I think um, I just want to thank you again so much for sharing your origin story and uh, talking to us today, and uh, I look forward to future conversations with you, Don.
1: Thank you, Hilary.